millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. 
Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everyone. Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Bruno Falcon, Brian Tolby, Anastasia Keylor, William Dimmont, Abigail Lovett, Ariel Young, Jonathan and Gillian Kastner, Jared, Clark Levin, Jack, Cato and Jellybean, Rob Kaur, Ollie, C. Jason, Grace Brandt, Dylan Herring, Rory A., Nicholas Schaefer, Harry Jones, Samantha Christine, AGVZ, Beery Goosey. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Hello and welcome to the Stella Firma Season 1 Q&A. Ah, what a season, Ben. What a season. What, what are your thoughts? What a season. Uh, it's seasoned. Yep. It was a lot of pepper. Uh-huh. A nice bit of salt. Cayenne. A little bit of cayenne. 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 I, no, I colour my food with cayenne, which I believe is turquoise. I'm very ill a lot of do the time. Do you mean cyan? I do. Yes. I do mean cyan. This is a very, and that is how the season went. <laughs> that is when the season went. Somebody confidently saying a joke and then realising they were wrong. <laughs> that's that's pretty, much, it, absolutely. pretty much. So we've got a lot of questions, uh, loads, loads of questions. Oh, more questions than we could possibly handle, except we will. We've got lots of questions here from, from, the, from the fans, from the fan base, from the... Uh, the screaming hordes that are outside the studio at all times. Very thick windows. You can't hear them, but they are there. Don't check. Um, so let's let's push. Should we... Should we take it in turns? Take it, let's take it in so turns. turns. Should I take the first one? Yeah, you take the first one, but I'll pro- almost certainly interrupt you. Just, you know. It is you. It is me. Okay. Uh, so we've got the first one. It's from Lunatic Poet, um, who is asking, who's more chaotic, Ben or Tim? Well, since I asked the question, maybe you get the first answer. I, I, I am. I actually disagree. Really? Yes. Really? I suppose I'm louder. I'm yeah, louder nah, and more aggressive. I would never, never... Yes, yeah, so I would think we are both chaotic in our own special, special ways. Yeah. I am more subversive. Yes. Tim is loud. I think, <laughs> and this isn't an insult, I think probably because you're slightly less experienced in improv than I am. How dare you? Um, I will often try and make choices that are, I suppose you call them like actively supportive, which is fine. You often will make comments which are... Negative. Negative. Shut everything down. Shut everything down. But the thing is, because I'm such a seasoned Ah. um, I just enjoy... It's fun to have that character because you can say no whilst also being a yes as long as the other person sort of, you know... I think they were talking about in the Discord. Apparently my style is no, so. No, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Like a no no but is absolutely fine as long as you you all agree. Because as we know, every single rule in improv is helpful right up until the point it strangles you to death. It's like GCSE physics. It's like GCSE physics. Learn things wrong 
so that you can learn other, more complicated wrong things later until eventually you kind of get near the truth, but still not really. So, uh, in summation, we are a chaotic force the like of which the world has never seen. Exactly. Non-committal. Right, the next question is from E. Forney, especially for Ben. (laughs) That's me. Since he's been on multiple Rusty Quill podcasts. How does doing Stella Firma, which is semi-improvised, semi-improvised in quotes there, Kind of a bit sarcastic, but okay. Compared to Magnus Archives, mostly all scripted, and RQ Gaming, all slash mostly improvised. There's a lot of sub-clauses in that question, Ben. Well, I mean, let's actually, we can, we can put some of these to bed. Um, Stella Firma is, except for the intros and outros, entirely improvised. Yes. Which is semi-improvised. And then Magnus Archives is all scripted. Yeah. As far as I know, unless Johnny's riffing some fat beats of Riffing words. some cosmic horror beats. Yeah. And yeah, RQG gaming is yeah i oh, know rq gaming god we have such a bad name alex probably gonna edit that out but genuinely <laughs> rusty Core gaming podcast terrible name we didn't know what we were doing um it's it is all mostly improvised <laughs> it'll be david editing this as well uh, david leave that in leave that make in. it louder, <laughs> make it louder. <laughs> yeah how does it differ um it differs in the way that you said it's like Magnus Archives, I just turn up, I read the words, and then um, Alex will tell me to read the words differently until he's happy with the way that I've read the words, and then I go away. Mm. Resicore Gaming and Stella Firma are different because although they are improvised, they have very, very different objectives. Resicore Gaming is slower, less frantic, and much more focused on pushing the story forward and developing the characters, mm. um, whereas Stella Firma is a kind of improvisation which is, you know, it's, it's more sort of short form fundamentally, and um, at least compared to the 150 hours of... Yes. Uh, Raku, let's, let's call it shorter form. Sure, it's, yeah, it's because it is long, it's long form, form improv, yeah. but it's shorter form narrative. Yeah, um, and that's just really focused on the goofs and the energy. So it's actually, I guess, it's the energy levels. Yeah, uh, Magnus is lowest energy because although we have fun, it's not about building yourself up; it's about doing what you need to do. RQ Gaming is medium energy because you have to keep it sustainable; otherwise, we'd all just die. And uh, Stella Firm is just a hundred percent. Unlock the floodgates. Let's yeah. go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, let, the, stop. Let, let the editor pick the bones out of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've heard the bloopers. You know <laughs> no, what we're yeah. like. You know what it's like. You know what? That is such a small fraction of the bloopers as well. <laughs> Gosh, that's just so many. I mean, it's the bloopers that you'd want to hear because there's a lot of like, oh, I've done that wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the good ones. Right, so this is from Planets and Magic. Bonjour, planets. Bonjour, planets. I was wondering, what got you guys into improv? Any tips for those who are interested but without any experience? We chose this well. Tim, would you like to fill this? Oh, uh, actually, no, I can sum this up. How did I get into improv? Uh, Tim got me into it. I did. There you go. I did. Like like getting someone into drugs. Uh, first taste was free. Then the next taste was also free because there's no money in any of it. I got into improv at uh, university because I was shy and didn't know. Any- I was quite shy and retiring. Yeah, you were. He went into university and came out a completely different, much louder person. Nine grand. Well spent. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I was sort of shy and didn't know people. And then someday you did improv and invited me along and I got into it and I was like, oh, cool. These are also shy idiots that are also on stage. So one of whom was Alexander J. Newell. One of these shy idiots was uh, Alexander J.S. Newell and my, my now other half. Was uh, was uh, taught me improv and claims to have taught me everything I knew. I, I don't think that's true, but you know, let's. She'll never hear this. She doesn't listen. <laughs> no, she's now on the show, so she she might. Okay, you know what? She's correct. So I got in. I got into it uh, that way. Um, any tips for those who are interested um, but without any experience? It's going to sound very trite, but just start doing it. There's no entry requirement really, other than don't be an ass. Um, and also, especially if you're in somewhere like London where there's lots of groups. Don't be afraid to try a few because I get the feeling people join an improv group and they're like, ah, oh, this is everything that improv can be. And improv is very, very different from group to group. And you can get into it and think it's one thing. And, you, you know, you know, don't tell anyone, but you might join a group that turn out to be crap because that does sometimes happen. You know, there are improv groups out there that are fine and you could probably do better in another one. So, you know, just just shop around be a mercenary, have no friends or or commitments and uh, wait until you hop on a gravy train of some kind. My answer really got away from me there. Okay. (laughs) So so in short, just do it. And if you don't like something, leave. (laughs) Yeah, the sunk cost fallacy is real. Oh yeah, I've I've never got into it too badly myself, but I definitely know, like when I was doing university improv, it felt like the extent of the universe. And then after it, it was like, oh... This was a tiny little corner. It's the same thing as student theatre. It's no yeah. different. You do you do theatre when you're a student and you think it's the best thing ever and then you look back on it when you've seen some real people do real theatre and you're like, oh no. my God, we were crap. 
it was it was an important and inf- informative yeah. experience. But, oh sure, but you ain't hit your zenith exactly when you're doing you know bloody Shakespeare in the Stop Hard or something. Yeah, is that a thing? Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the, the park? park. Yeah, but lots of professionals do Shakespeare in the park. So no, only students. Okay. Um, next question uh, from Miri: How much does David Seven slash Trexel dynamic reflect your real life sibling dynamic? Do you really want to put David in a vacuum tube? Ben, what do you think? No. No, not, not even slightly, because yeah, that would be our, we would not be friends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, we're not as abusive to each other no. in, uh, you know, I don't try and gaslight Tim all the time, yeah. and Tim doesn't r- roll in and try and get me killed while yeah. being an alcoholic. I rarely threaten you. Rarely. Rarely. Sometimes. Sometimes, sure. Like when we, like normally when we're trying to complete a task, we're both tired yes. and <laughs> we become weirdly aggressive. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty chill. We yeah. didn't get on... The only time we really didn't get on was when you were just about to go to university. Uh, yeah, I mean, it turns out when we were both awful teenagers, yep. um, you just you just horrible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like since you since you went away and we you know was able to, I came back from the university was. <laughs> you came back from the the Sussex campus battle. Uh, yeah, so no, in short, no. From Bittercake, have you ever met anyone in a professional setting who knows you from Stella Firma? Uh, no, I have people in a professional setting that now know I do Stella Firma. So, like, some people at my work listen. Uh, like, one of my bosses listens, and it's weird when he brings stuff up from the podcast. <laughs> like, he'll just say, what, what, what did you mean by this? And I'll be like, well, the, the answer is nothing, but uh, <laughs> now let's have a meeting. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, no, I've never encountered anyone who's like, hey, you sound like that guy from the podcast. So, yeah, not currently not. Hopefully soon. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I, uh, me neither, um, because I've been in my job, I think, basically as long as I've been doing Rusty Quill. So, you know, I've not met anyone new who's been like, oh, you're that guy. Um, also, because, you know, we're not that famous. No, no. Any any stretch of we're, the imagination. We're pretty famous. We're not, we're but, not you at know, all. Like, we're... we're uh, it's nice that you think we might be, but we're not. <laughs> and that's why you have to tell more people you have about to tell our more podcasts and make us extremely famous. Yeah. Solid growth, sure. Not quite that. Not quite. Not quite a Magnus level. The I would. Is, I want to find the McElroy brothers and stand on top of them. Yeah, stand upon. Being the like you seem of nice, McElroy's. boys, but I'm better than you. Yeah, that's yeah, what I want yeah. to do. Well, the thing is, they're three, and we're a two. So we're Streamlined, more concentrated, concentrated brothers. Consummate brothers. Um, <laughs> a thin soup, a thin of, brothers. soup of brothers. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm still waiting for it because I work in the games industry, which has loads of nerds. Yeah. So I'm hoping at some point somebody's going to be like, "Ah, oh, aren't you that villain from Magnus?" And I will be like, <laughs> "Yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but not yet." From Caladet. Uh, who would you fight on the show, and why? Who would I fight on the show? Trexel, because he deserves it. Yeah, Trexel, because he deserves it. <laughs> like, you know, the board, they'd arrange for you to be killed. Hartro, I think, would, I don't know, demote... Stick her foot in your mouth. Stick your foot in the mouth. I mean, maybe you're into that. I don't I don't know. But Hartro yeah. certainly is. Yeah, Hartro certainly is. Uh, and I think Trexel secretly is. Um, but yeah, Trexel's, Trexel's a, a monster, um, and he needs to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fundamentally. With a synthetic backstory, but I mean, sure. does not excuse the, thing is, the things that he does. Now, the thing is, I, I, I have had a fair bit of involvement in people who have gone through therapy and different things and dealing with disability and all those things. And one of the earliest lessons is, no matter how tragic and sad and understandable your backstory is, does you does not give you permission to be an ass? <laughs> like you can be cross, you can be angry, but the minute you start, you know, endangering other people's lives, doesn't matter. You can, you can go screw yourself. <laughs> is that okay? Screw yourself. I think screw yourself is fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're moving on to questions that are more about the production side Ooh. of you know the. Um, I think what people really want to know when they're listening to a good show is what's the best boy. What does the gaffer do? And that's what these questions oh, are Oh, I thought you were talking about which one of us was the best, because I am the best no, boy. I am the best no, I'm boy. I'm the best boy. I'm the best I'm boy. pretty sure I'm the best boy. How about this? I'm best boy, you best guy. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> He's slightly older. Um, <laughs> okay, so from Bitter Cape, what was the original pitch for Stella Firma? Uh, ooh, yes. What was the original pitch for Stella Firma? I remember the original title. Uh, what was that? Well, okay, there was two world original builders. Pitch. Yes, world builders. So it's a terrible title. I'm glad yeah. we changed it. Look, we were we were literally so we were hiking. We were we were walking to Lewis. We're walking to Lewis across the South Downs because the South we are Downsway. in fact in an Enid Blyton novel. Yes, yes, we're marmalade sandwiches yes. and we took our picnic took and our lovely little dog Spotty Boy and I had some scotched eggs. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we were we were we were wandering around the English countryside and thinking, oh, it'd be nice to do a podcast together. Yeah. We're, think, we're, we're white men. Well, yes. Let's do a podcast. We have to do podcasts. <laughs> it's the law. We're in our, you know, late 20s. It's basically... Uh, mid-20s, Ben. Oh, man. 26. 
something. He's 29. Ah, you'll unfair. be dead soon. I will be dead soon. Slogans run all up. <laughs> yeah, we all um, have these crystals embedded in my hands. <laughs> yeah, so I think, uh, so I suggested because I think I was, I was thinking, um, you know, I'd like to hang out with uh, my brother. I'm genuinely aware that that is why the McElroy started the Adventure sure. Zone because I want to hang out with their dad. And I was like, this is a great idea. Yeah. Just hang out with your family and record yeah. content. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm a game designer and Tim's an improver. So why don't... Improviser. Impro- improviser, don't sorry. Don't call me an improver. An improver, Im- improvisario. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. Improvatrix. Improvatrix. <laughs> I wear leather. <laughs> squeak, 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 squeak. All that squeaking on the show. That's not Foley. That's me in my leather cat suit. <laughs> so, so we do those two things. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we do um, sort of fake world building? Effectively doing stuff for tabletop RPGs. Mm. So people would say, oh, could you could you like design me a campaign setting? Yeah. And it was going to be a genuine, um, not stupid thing. It was, we were actually just going to be like, oh, cool. This could be a really good thing to do. Mm. But then we started leaning on sort of the idea that Tim could because of his Im- good improv background, um, could be getting suggestions out, which is like very, very creative and big. And then I could provide a sense of um, reality and actually how things fit together. And the rules. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Th- there you can actually see the start of the Trexel-David Seven sort of relationship of yeah. me being the the practical, logical one who brings down sort of what Tim su- is suggesting. Then I think we talked to Alex... Mm. Right, and then yeah. he asked for a rework to make it more, more genre fiction and genre. And like, like, I don't think he pushed the sci-fi side of it onto no. us. It was very much like, well, who would do this? Who would build worlds? Okay, it's oh, Magrathir. Yeah, Doug, Douglas <laughs> Adams <laughs> already done this idea. <laughs> yeah. Let's nick it. Let's nick it. Uh, yeah, and like, there is definitely a Douglas Adamsy stuff in there, but I think there's a nice mix of like Douglas Adams. A lot of it was sort of kind of a bit. Lovecrafty in the terms of like unknowable big forces that don't care about you but might still well, get you killed. That's I mean Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I suppose Terry that's, Brazil. I suppose that's dy- dystopian, but a lot of the my sort of background in dystopia stuff, other than the classic sci-fi stuff, is either Brazil or I do like the Lovecraft settings, even though I am aware that Lovecraft is a he's a big old racist. Well, no, that's yeah, but also it's not dystopic. We're we're gonna have to get into a big. Is there? Oh, is there, is there a difference? I suppose it's not a dystopia. Yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't describe a society. It describes our society, but then a big monster comes in through no, reality. No, no, Innsmouth is a society. It's not a dystopia. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. Yeah, but it's not. Hey, okay. hey, don't worry, everybody. Everything's going to be fine because we're going to worship our ancient fish god and become Actually, ancient fish people. the Innsmouth lot are doing perfectly fine. And then this guy rocks up and goes, you're all weird and horrible. But they were just getting on with their That's deal. True. They should do, you know, like Wicked, where it's like told from the... the oh, from the fish they people. Should, they should yeah. do like, you know... I don't know. From the perspective of a deep yeah. one. From, from from the inn's mouth or something like that. Yeah. Fun pun. Yeah, real fun pun. Like a really good fun pun. All right. And so we're going to try again. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and from so, the Finn's mouth. Ooh, they don't have Finn. better. Uh, the deep ones might. Ooh, true, true. I don't know. True. This is completely off topic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was the original pitch for sci-fi. Sci-fi. Stella Firma. <laughs> it was basically a Lovecraft version of Wicked. Yeah. That's, that's how it started. <laughs> Oh, I can do the songs. I want to do no, more songs. No more Lovecraft fiction. It's overdone and boring, and I hate it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Controversial good. opinion time. <laughs> Sod it all. Yeah. It's so boring. It's so boring. Stop putting tentacles on things and pretending it's good horror. <laughs> that can be edited out if you want, or be kept, because I'm I'm spitting home truths. <laughs> I'm spitting home opinions. home opinions. This is very much my opinion, but, you know, yeah. every, every time there's a blooming is, um, Lovecraft Kickstarter, it's like, funded in three seconds. It's like, oh, no, yeah. more of it. And also, it's very hard to do, because it's like, his cosmic unknowable horror, now let's try and represent it. It's like... Well, yeah. now it's not... You don't have to do it well. It's just a bundle of, like, sure. um, tropes that you slam together. And uh, Sorry for everyone who likes Lovecraft, um, but fundamentally, I hate you. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's not true. That's, that's not true. <laughs> you can consume the media that you wish to, yeah. but my opinion is, yeah. no more Lovecraft, people, please. People I'm so doing, done. <laughs> people doing bad versions of a thing you like doesn't make the thing you like bad. Don't even, yes, yes, that's true. I, mean, I don't particularly like Lovecraft. Whatever. I like his views. Yeah, <laughs> his I'm really, really into... You know, I don't like his fiction, but his personal life, I'm yeah, just yeah, really yeah, yeah, supportive. Yeah, yeah. How everything is secretly about how he doesn't like the Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> or anyone. Or anyone. At least like, he was an equal opportunities racist. He was. Um, anyway, Owen Shirrell asks, how did you first come up with the idea for the show? Asked and answered. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> wait, no, no, wait. Hang on. General question, basically asked in some form by lots of folks. How oh, much of the show is improvised and how much is scripted, planned or known in advance? Oh, that is a separate question, by the way. Yes. That's not right. So, oh, so, uh, so Owen, uh, apologies. Your question has somewhat also already been answered. So it's not that we don't care or love you and we still will. It's not your fault. 
we still love you. Um, so the general question, uh, hey, how much of the show is improvised and how much is scripted, planned or known in advance? Um, so the show, basically, from the door opening at the start to the door closing at the end, normally one take improvised. Like, we will edit out mistakes, but it's not like we stop and then go, right, how do we do this? How well, do actually, we do that? You, you, it you... just plows through and you have actually heard in the bloopers um our process for this which is yeah we won't properly properly craft it but we will sometimes stop short and go was that good enough because yeah. we do have the the luxury of being a recorded medium so if we if we tell a joke that we think is not funny or yeah. a bit dodgy or yeah, yeah. doesn't actually didn't come across as we would like it um we can re-record it it's very nice because i do i do a lot of um stage improv and with staged improv you can get away with a lot in a live setting because everybody has sort of entered the pact of this is live you might say something that isn't the best thing, but we all, you know, everyone doesn't get up and go, mm, I'm not sure about that. You know, it just, it's a, it's the pact. Whereas as soon as you record it and you start editing things and you start adding things, you may as well go, yeah, I've done a line that I, you know, flubbed the word, came across in a way that I didn't intend it to. I think a lot of people have noted on the stuff, like, I think it happens a little bit less overall than it might come across in the bloopers, because obviously that's a collection of us doing things wrong. But we will do something and go, ah, you know what? Now I've said it out loud and it's outside my head. I feel like this might come across badly. Yeah, well, it's, it's the kind of thing where on stage you can't unsay things. Yeah. In recorded medium, you can absolutely unsay things. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. take advantage of that. And then release the things you unsaid in a special bloopers episode. So that makes it clear that we don't support <laughs> the things that were unsaid. Very true. So yeah, so, that, so that's sort of all, all improvised. We, I, I will script the ends a little bit. So normally when there's like a little bit of David going back and forth between Imogen at the end, I'll script that because... That's sort of where where the plot really happens, and a lot of the driving plot from from week to week goes on, and mm. it establishes a lot of that stuff. And you just you know you could improvise it, but it wouldn't be as good. Well, also if you've listened to a lot of things that do improvise now, like for example, something like Hello from the Magic Tavern, mm. which is really good, and I listened to like 150 episodes before yeah, dropping off be because there's just you know it's it, I really enjoy it, but the plot is. Very loose. Yes. And as it came to more prominence, you started to see the cracks showing of like, oh, they're having to improvise this. And, and I think, you know, this hybrid version manages to keep it tight yeah. um, without undermining the core improvisational um, aspect. But fundamentally, what we've done is we've, we do character development in improv. Mm. You know, all of the stuff about, I don't know, Trexel loving fish or yeah. um, David being slippery. Yeah. You know, that came up naturally in improv and we've just run with that as a thing. But we've kind of left the really, really big world building and, and plot stuff to scripting so that it can be tight and we can tell a directed story within that sort of siloed improv setting. And absolutely, stuff that I've scripted has changed because of what we've improvised in the yeah. show. Like, that stuff just changes. Like, I have, and we have, sort of an idea of, like, we're going to go from, sort of from here to here in a season. But that stuff has changed quite substantially based off, you know, we get five episodes in and go, actually, this interesting thing is turning up. Let's lean into that. Here's a so, tidbit. We know how the, the series ends. We know how the whole thing oh, ends. The whole and we're shebang. not going to tell you. No, because that, that would ruin well, I mean, that would, that would be that bad. Would, that would be bad. But, like, it may well change. Like, we, we sat down in a cafe. Gales in Brighton. Very nice. Oh, we're go. very... Oh, we might as well be in the San Francisco of ooh, Brighton. Or oh, we sat down with our coffees and our cinnamon buns. And we talked about... Art, art, art. Um, yeah, and just sort of you know mapped it all out. And I like what we've got, but hey, if we think of a better idea between now and then, it yeah. will it will change. Oh, actually, one thing as well, um, just to say, we do entirely re-record episodes. Yes, there have so, been episodes we've like we've either done the whole planet improv and gone. That just in general wasn't very good. Yeah. Shall we take another swing of that sure. using what we've learned? Yeah. <laughs> or, um, or for example, and I, I think this is absolutely fine to, to say, mm. um, when we had Simon in as Harry, yeah. um, we recorded an episode with Simon and then um, the editors, David specifically, kind of said, this is not coming across as you think it might be coming across because yeah. we had one Scottish person and they were a complete idiot. Yeah. And that didn't translate yeah. very well. And now, is, Simon is Scottish. Yeah. So it was fine, but also from the external perspective of you guys, it might have looked like, okay, this? this is some kind of weird <laughs> stock, stupid jock character, right? Yeah, exactly. So we re-recorded it, and we had we ended up with a, 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 an a lot stronger yeah. episode. And we did exactly the same thing with Hartra, not for the same reasons, but we just developed the character. Yes. You know, that is a thing with improv. Like, yes, we can talk about what the character is and, and what they're like, but... We started doing it and realised, oh, you know what? These characters don't fit together. The relationships don't fit together in the way that we might hope. 
let's have another go at it. We did, and we ended up with much better episodes. Yeah, because it gave the, uh, Jenny the opportunity effectively to practice as well. Exactly. Because by the time she was recording, we'd already done like five of them, so Trex and Dave were pretty well established, and it's just like, now, hey, you, brand new, you drop know, in. drop in and be as developed a character, which is just really difficult. Yeah, uh, it's and, mean. And we're mean a, people. Yeah, it's not, it's not very fair. So the fact that we got an opportunity to re-record means that you now have the foot-based Hartro you know and love. <laughs> That's um, all Jenny's fault, by the way. It was entirely Jenny's fault. I get a lot of flack for that, but it's that's Jenny's all fault. Her. Look, we just um, yes anded we just, yeah. the feet. <laughs> Which is the drawback of yes and. You just have to go with it. <laughs> um, so, this is a question from CMP. Do Tim and Ben see the planets beforehand? We do. We do. We do. And we judge them. We judge them. So I think there is there is definitely a line between seeing the planets beforehand and planning the planets beforehand because we get a big list of suggestions. You, Ben, Ben, who I'm talking to. Hello. It's me, um, Ben probably go you you go through it a little bit more than i do and just sort of like like run off the top of your head like yeah this one works that one doesn't you know because yeah. sometimes the sometimes the questions especially early on when uh, the answer are though especially early on when people didn't really know the premise and we were asked we, and to be honest we we can ask what the questions better exactly like the next round of questioning will be much much better but would include things like pop culture from the 20th century yeah you know, yeah because think- there are certain like un, there are certain unsaid rules that we have which yes. we didn't tell people so yeah. It is difficult. And there's also like planets which are really good ideas, but are either over, overdeveloped to the yeah. point where we can't really riff inside that idea. Like it's a bit like, oh, well, you make this and this and this, and then that's kind of it. And what we need is like this balance between it's not so vague that it could be anything, yeah. but it's not so specific that it can only be one thing. Yeah. And I think listening from episode to episode, you can see where we got that balance right and wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. There's definitely, there's definitely ones that sort of flow better than others, but it's very difficult to tell. But yeah. what we uh, don't do is sit down with the chosen planet and go, right, what shall we do with this one? Like, I genuinely forget what the suggestion is multiple times in an episode because we looked at it once when we picked what ones we were going to do over a season, and then we hit go, and you pick one and start talking. So which and, we, and that's intentional. I don't want for us to sit down with it and yeah, no, that's, that's think about that's what illegal. We're doing. It's it's improv and illegal and the improv piece. It's an improv crime, and they'll improv they'll impound something that's a combination of the word improv and the word impound. This is becoming very much like that BoJack Horseman episode. Consume professionals. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, so this is from Miss Claptrap. Um, you've said this podcast has an overarching plot, so how do you make sure to hit the plot beats while improvising? You keep the plot beats away from the improv. <laughs> Fundamentally. I mean, we're, one thing as well is um, what we do do is we go through a... When we're planning the season, or at least we did for season one, and we're probably going to do for season two, is we have 25 episodes. So we, we kind of pick a thing that's going to happen on that episode, like yeah. a one-sentence, David does this. Like it would be, David starts rewriting the... Yeah. Um, briefs. Yeah. You know, that would be that would have been a thing that in, got introduced in around about like episode 20. That's our sort of A to B. By the time we get to the end, we need to introduce the idea yeah. of this in some way. So we have that guiding light, which, you know, we'll script around that to like really hammer that home. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're improvising, we improvise with that in our minds so that we can start to riff around that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we'll do that for the other seasons, I think, of like having like a one sentence because pacing is really important. And if we didn't do that, then it would be like, we might have 10 episodes of nothing happening and then suddenly five episodes of everything happening and being yeah. like, ah, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that, that's very succinct, Ben. Well done. Thank you. You'll be paid this week. Good. Uh, Owen Shirrell. Oh, getting another question in. Well, well to be honest, Owen's uh, last question last was one. really a non-question. A mulligan. A mulligan for Owen. <laughs> yeah. What was the ratio of scripted to planned content to improvised content in season one? And will that ratio change in season two? Like 5% to 95% scripted to improvised? Yeah. I think like it's very very little as we've talked about and I think we will pretty much try and keep that in season 2. I think since the show's inception we've ended up with a lot more plot than we thought we might. Yeah. And that's still only around about 5%. Yeah. Any sort of gear change like that regardless yeah. of what format is always going to be a bit tricky to do and you're going to lose people. Well, it's the kind of thing as well like it's 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 with any any piece of media you need to be really confident that your format is robust exactly. and you need to build it to be flexible enough like it's it's the kind of thing that you know i'm, I'm neither johnny nor alex but it's fundamentally whoa, whoa, it, whoa, whoa. It, i am neither... i am ben okay uh, i thought um, you were uh, i thought you were uh, that holy podcast trinity yeah uh no <laughs> um but we all sound the same so yeah like with magnus um the the fundamental format of magnus because so much has happened and developed if johnny had been less careful about how the format works it could have broken mm. Um, but 
he thought really carefully about it and, and has managed to keep it consistent. And like, But you need to put in that work at the start. You can't suddenly be like, oh, whoops, yeah. God, change it. <laughs> Which, you know, podcasts can survive that um, yeah. and people can salvage it. But fundamentally, if you if you have your format in your head from the start and are confident in it and make it flexible enough to develop, then you're, you're in a much better place than if you didn't. And fingers crossed we're going to do that for Stella Firma. Wait for it to crash and burn in season two. Burn. The Hindenburg of podcasts, they yeah. call it. Okay, so Hobbs asks... Was it planned from the beginning that David would hijack things and make good planets for a bit? That the final episode would be a trial and Hartrow's um, unusual style of management? So that, let's take this question in stages. Was it planned from the beginning that David would hijack things and make good planets for a bit? Kind of, yes. Yeah, not planned from the beginning. But very early on, yeah. you, after an episode, you're like, where where would be interesting and fun for these characters to develop? And I think it's Trexel knows what's going on but is incompetent. David doesn't know what's going on and is more competent. So if you think about the arrows of sort of like character development trajectory, those sort of point past each other and need to to switch. And that's sort of the best way of doing it. So, yeah. So in that sense, yes. Yeah. Vaguely. There was was the kernel of an idea, but it wasn't as developed as as it is. Um, The final episode being a trial. um, Yes, I think even in the first plot outlines, like I get when we went through, we decided how do we have a... Consequence. Yeah, how do we have consequences which don't ruin the format and just destroy the the dynamic? Exactly, because um, you know there was a lot of people who I think, especially before we were recommissioned, were like, "Oh, this will end with David getting recycled or killing Trexel, or killing Drexel." You know, and like both both would be great ends if we were planning to do just one season, but we yeah. think there's a lot more fun to be had here. So let's not let's not let's not blow up the you know jump the blob Death Star shark. <laughs> And the final thing, Hartra's unusual style of management. No, the nope. feet was Jenny's. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny brought the feet in. Um, we had to. We, had, we ran with the feet. We ran on our feet yeah. with the feet in our mouths. In our mouths, and that occurred. Yep. So uh, letters to Jennifer Halfeck, one, two, three, foot in your mouth, Street, Brighton. Question from Noman: um, If Stella Firma hadn't been renewed, would episode twenty-five ended uh, with David Seven getting recycled? We're very good at preempting these questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would have. It would have ended some way. Yeah, I think. I think maybe everybody would have died. <laughs> I don't know. If we were doing like one season, maybe somebody goes, "What does this button do?" Boom! <laughs> explode. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. But also, we, we we weren't really planning for it not to be renewed. No, even in the early stages. Call us, call us mad optimists, but we were planning for multiple seasons what? because yeah. if you plan for just one season and you wrap it all up completely nicely, there's kind of nothing left to do in season two. And I think there are shows that have you know suffered from being like, well, you know what, we might not get renewed, and then they do, and they're like, oh, quickly write something new. Yeah, and I think like the trial ending, um, we probably wouldn't have had the the extra addendum scene with uh, number one and number forty eight. Yes, but fundamentally, having that big trial. And then having the status quo sort of reinserted is it's like the the Stargate way of writing, which is assume you're going to be cancelled, but leave it open yes. for. So you don't want an obvious cliffhanger, which obviously now we're renewed. The, the scene between number one and number 48 is the obvious cliffhanger. Yeah. Who are these people? Why? But if, but if it had just ended with Trexel, you know, having to swap out which bar he goes to. Uh, but it fundamentally means that the, the relationship has been reestablished and it could go somewhere, but that mini arc yeah is concluded and we probably could have left it at that yeah you know yeah and you assume that you know they 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 muddle along together yeah but there will be unanswered questions around sort of you know like the whole thing around david's programming and and all, all that sort of jazz which again you know we have vague ideas about and we've got options which is nice i like i like writing it that way i like to give us sort of options and then as you hone in on a reality it sort of becomes so yeah uh so this is from erk um, did you always know who would play Trexel and who would play David Seven? And if not, how did you decide? No, we we knew. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally, because of Tim's improv experience, he needed to be the driving force. Yeah. And also, I'm very selfish. So. Yeah, I mean, trying to make him play David would be impossible. impossible. He wouldn't. It would be Drexel. Drexel Seven. So yeah, it was sort of sort of begged him from the start. Um, from Book of Mac, how do you warm up to sustain Trexel and David's voice while not straining your own? Of all the voices I do, David's is the easiest. Yes, because it's yours, but higher. Well, no, it's me, but more nasal. nasal. I just I talk up in up into up into my nose, and I think I can. I, my accent isn't isn't quite right, but in tone, I think I can pretty yes. much. Well, no, we you. can both do David. Yes, 
And we can both do Trexel. Well, I think my Trexel is better. Well, I think my Trexel is better. Well, I think my Trexel is better. No, I think my Trexel is better. Very confusing. At this point, everyone. who's talking? We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, so so um, I I think you've got a bit of a bit of a better time of it than me in terms of sustaining it because the, the sort of the Trexel growl, you can keep it in a register that doesn't hurt your throat. However, if you're not careful, I, I think there is there is a lot of bloopers where it's just me coughing. Yeah. Um, but I don't walk away from a few episodes with like a completely raw throat. So uh, sort of a, an addendum to this question, warming up the voice and stuff like that. It is very important, guys. Always warm yeah, up we the do. voice. We do tongue twisters. and But we more do it for pronunciation. For diction yeah. and stuff like that. Um, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a rubber-mouthed fool. As am I. As are you. In fact, I actually just realised I said mouth with an F which I do a lot because I'm dyslexic and I constantly get the F's and TH's the wrong way. So, you uh, know... I, I just have a very slight lisp. Yeah. What's the you doing? There is... Okay, so we've got one from Bitscape. For Tim, do you regret Trexel's voice? It's difficult to maintain. I don't regret it. It is difficult to maintain at times. And then, uh, what does it sound like when Tim tries to do the David voice and Brent tries to do the Trexel we're just, voice? We're just getting ahead of we're ourselves. Really getting ahead. Oh, that was from Hot Soup. Hey, Sorry. Hot Soup. Guess um, what? Wait, we'll do a, we'll do a Your little... Your future we'll, crimes we'll, have we'll, already been handled. Let's do, let's do a, little, a little scene. Roleplay Holovision initiated. Okay, um... Ooh, um oh. David! Oh, David! Trexel! I'm... So drunk. Trexel, Trexel, it's it's 20 I've, minutes left. We've, we've got to get the brief done. I've chopped off both of my legs. Trexel. I have forgotten who I am. Am I David Seven? I'm I in the vents now. <laughs> am I? I get in the vents. No, I'm the I'm vent the boy. I'm get out of the vents. Ah! Get out of the vent. Ah! Get out of the vent. Ah! Right, right. I'm in the vents now. <laughs> oh, oh, so soft. So soft in the vents. I like the vents. I've padded them with feathers <laughs> taken from a cosmic chicken. <laughs> They're a thing. I've established cosmic chickens now <laughs> because my tactic is to just take an animal and put cosmic or space in front of it. <laughs> now I'm just insulting Tim. <laughs> Your tricks are a lot popular. Than mine. Roleplay Holovision terminated. Yes, that is hey. It's not all that, but it's not not all that. Yeah. Who was speaking? Maybe it was just Tim and Ben. Maybe yeah. we just maybe we rused you. You've been rused. Um, Cass, is there a particular bit, song, or joke you are extra proud of or really enjoyed recording? What is your fave part of the season, Ben? Oh goodness. Um, there's a lot of bits, so it's a little, little... fave part of the season. I mean, I have to say the the Cardinal Fang episode. Yes, Cardinal Fang. I don't know if it's my. F- favorite but it's definitely the most memorable and the fact that everyone picked up on <laughs> tim just refusing to stop saying cardinal, cardinal fang. fang yeah cardinal um, fang. Is... i did not remember was a monty python thing because it came it came from a suggestion there oh, was right? a character called, you know um the spanish inquisition yeah the one that isn't the the one i think terry gilliam plays is um called cardinal fang oh really yeah and that's what the suggestion came from we did not know that we just we took uh... it on we took the suggestion on good faith yeah that's it you've tricked us <laughs> you've tricked us joke we're extra proud of um oh well i'm actually i guess i like the fact that i have established that david is very slimy yes i think that's just a really fun thing and and has developed the idea of of david being able to slip and slide around the place there's a very good bit where you just get onto the floor and slither away (laughs) yeah exactly uh Um, so i'm 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 pleased of that uh and Song or joke? Oh, this is it. It's um, it's me singing David's Fact Corner, even yes. though um, it was, you know, it's a Patreon bonus. That was a sneak preview, guys. There's some on Patreon. Oh, Can join, a- join us this full episode There's some a whole point. thing. It's a whole thing. Um, but mainly because it made Rach, my wife, um, completely lose it. David's Fact Corner! <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite... Well, you know what? There's probably a joke that if I was reminded of it, I might like more, but I really enjoyed recording the bit where I c- kept on um, saying, that's my point. Ooh, oh, look, yes. a point. Oh, I need an egg. A point egg. Oh, my God. That and was just so enjoyed... <laughs> hard to record against. <laughs> I just enjoyed interrupting you with different ways of saying I've so made the point. lost it so many blooming times. Who cares for that point? Who's got that point? Yeah. Uh, oh, this is for me. Uh, it's from Definite Human Jess. Were the scenes by guests in the finale, the testimonies and conversations between 1 and 48, improv or scripted? A mixture. Ooh. So we did uh, a load in the studio. Um... I have to say, I was very surprised when Sue Sims turned up. I didn't know. Didn't expect that at that all. That was a little Easter egg for everyone. We recorded, we recorded testimonies in the room. Yeah. I guess our silly voices were not convincing enough, so Alex decided they had to <laughs> give other people things to say. And uh, I think John Henry did one as John Henry as did well, do who one. Who I have a very, very vague connection to outside of... Um... Well, you can tell um, when that was recorded, because obviously he was in the studio um, recording the Magnus episode with oh, one of the head of the Desolation cult. Mm. So obviously Alex was like, oh, but while you're here, 
while you're here, could yeah. you just give us some things about Trexel? <laughs> and my one interaction with uh, with John Henry outside this was uh, a bit awkward, and I'm still embarrassed about it. Oh, so. good, good. So I met him, met him in Edinburgh. I was much younger. He was in the Beta Males, who I idolised. And we were, and they, and we knew Guy Kelly a little bit. We knew Richard Holmes a tiny little bit. And they were having a drink, and they're like, "Oh, come along!" And then John Henry was just trying to have a nice conversation with his friends. And then we were like, "Hey, we're here. We're from University Student People Town, and we're very annoying." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't think he was best pleased. Oh, to it's be every con- every conversation. Well, uh, I imagine when a university excited university student turns up. It's there's no good. There's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. No, you know, I've I've I've. After shows that have gone well, I'm not saying I am a celebrity, but after shows when people come up and are like, I really enjoyed that thing. It's lovely. And then the people that really know what they're doing are like, I enjoyed that thing. Thank you. And then they turn and walk away because what are we going to do? What? Where does a conversation go from here? I'm English. I'm bad at taking compliments at the best of times. There's there's no pot of gold. So yes, I was I was on the wrong end of one of those interactions. <laughs> uh, Caladet, how much gets cut out of each episode? Um, it varies. I mean, that is an answer that only God and David know. Exactly. Um, I think like, not as much as you, I think. Let's say let's say a twenty a twenty minute episode. Sometimes we might record 25 minutes. It, yeah, it takes anything between 25 minutes and an hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have occasionally submitted 40 to 50 minutes of audio <laughs> to be gone down. That no- normally only gets that bad if we've, say, like redone a big chunk or, or something yeah, like to that. To be fair, that's usually about two episodes. Exactly, right. exactly. So, like, a lot less than you'd think, because a lot of what gets cut out is we flubbed a line, we take a, a like a 10-second section again. There's not a lot of going back and completely redoing scenes. So from Owen Sherrill. Oh, which... Back again, Owen. Yeah. Felt j- j- jilted at the first, and now you're back for a third sup of the cup. <laughs> sup of the cup. Horrible. Which, if any, of the planets created in season one, would you want to live on? Good question. I think I would want to live on um, Harry's planet, because I can read books, yep. uh, watch TV, what keep up with the news. What was Harry's planet, by the way? Oh, the basically the living room. <laughs> Oh, that was the, just a little... the, the planet-sized living room. I can hang also out with when, friends. When we were really half-assing it towards the end, socialise with friends. <laughs> you know, yeah. just it's, yeah, yeah, it's pleasant. It's and then pleasant. put it and then put it on your CV. Either that or the Cardinal Fang planet, which um, David developed, which yes. is kind of a bit of a lie because really Jenny developed that one. Because oh, that's one thing to say as well. The planets that David rewrote, yes, were not written by us. No. Fundamentally, we told Jenny just tell us something that is proper. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have anything to do with the planets that David created. Um it, that was all Jenny just improving at us and then us being like, "Yes, of course that's what happened." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um but it's just it's just a lovely garden with a, a nice, nice building thing. and a good armchair. I think basically all of the quote-unquote David designed planets are pretty are pretty nice, but I think yeah, the, the garden basically it's a garden of Eden style yeah. thing. Oh, or uh the one with the robot uh, golden robot gondoliers. gondoliers. Do to do, do golden robot gondoliers. Hey, he's you. Um yeah, those ones. Uh, so this next one is from uh, Miss Claptrap. Uh, how much of the world is the result of riffing off each other? Trexel's thing about fish, clone slurry, David's onesie, etc. Most of it? Or pretty much all of it. Like, obviously we have the suggestion and that yeah. forms the basis. High-level but... bullet points of, like, Stella Firma, big company, makes planets, is rubbish, yeah. board is scary. Kind of it? Yeah. Well, I think the fact that the fact that we can get to the end of an episode and think actually maybe we need to have another go at that is kind of indicative of the fact that we didn't we don't have no much going in you know we we try well we we completely changed the tenor of um in the last episode when we had the corridor scene we recorded a version of the corridor scene where there were people around and then decided yes. actually no especially as we were on the lower decks yeah so we we riffed that um because we said oh we wanted Chucks to try and talk to people and then ignore him, but then we said, ah, actually, let's let's redo this and just rift a different version. So, like the version of I, I just realised I misunderstood the question. It's about the world building, as in the yes. show world, not building, the planet, not the planet. Because that's I would hope people would have got the fact that you, the planet is riffing. So. But yes, yeah. So yeah, if it, what Ben said in terms of we got a, a few a few key values. I really had a real gear shift, like, <laughs> like, like, record oh, scratch in my brain said, as I realised yeah. I, I got the question wrong. But yeah, there, we yeah we've got broad points about the world. Uh, but yeah, the fish thing, the clone sorry thing, the onesie thing, all just, we said a thing and was like, oh, well, we've said that now and we like it. Yeah. We'll keep it. Uh, so this is from AGVZ, Agvers, 
Hello, Agvers. Um, how sentient is Imogen? Is her personality programmed, or does she have something like free will? At first, I thought she was a standard corporate AI, but then she says things like, Watch it, Buster. Watch it, Buster. And happily joins in the chant of Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. I'm curious about her. Well, well you'll have well, to continue to well, be curious. Won't well, you? Won't you? Because t- well, answering this question well, well, is very heavily uh, what the plot will be. <laughs> We're going to get the plot spritzer and spritz you in the plot face. Yep. Stop. No. Watch it, Buster. E. Forney, are we going to see more of Harry? Um, I believe so. If Simon ever wants to talk to us again. I mean, sure, he already had to do two episodes with us and he looked very bored by the end. <laughs> no, that's done true. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, so Simon, who plays Harry, is sort of my sort of main improv husband um, in that I am in another group as well where it's sort of a bit bigger and there's more people, but I do sort of probably the most shows with, with Simon. We do improvised musicals at Edinburgh under the name Do The Thing. Do come along. Always be hustling. Always be hustling. Sold out last year and the year before, so suck oh, on uh, that. Brighton Fringe, by the way, not Brighton Edinburgh Fringe. fringe. He oh. doesn't go to the proper fringe. Well, the thing is... He doesn't go to the soul-sucking fringe. The Edinburgh Fringe is a long way away. You lose money, and it's, for the performers, sometimes horrible. Uh, whereas the Brighton Fringe is eight seconds from my door. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's very nice. I, 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 In many ways, I prefer it. But then I'm sure if I lived in, you know... Sheffield no. and it was yeah. really difficult to number out and I had to pay for accommodation I probably feel a little bit different Molly does David Seven have a mullet I feel like he has a mullet well well if you feel like he has a mullet he has a mullet what if you feel like he doesn't then he doesn't what do you feel the poem is saying in your opinion well no but basically I mean fundamentally all of the different versions of David Seven Trexel Hartrow mm. um, even Imogen um, are great and I personally have absolutely no confe- uh, con- mm. convection. 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 I like sweeties. I love it. I personally have absolutely no conception of what David Seven looks like, mm. apart from the things I've said. Like he has a onesie. Yeah. Um, and that's intentional. Yeah. You know, there's it's mo- it's much more fun to have the fan community do the art and be like, I like this, I like that, rather yeah. than be like, no, this is how they look. Do art of this person. Yeah. Like I I really like the ones like the the Raven does where he looks like. A little sad Ernie. <laughs> it's really fun. I like, but also all the other ones where he's got yeah. little hooves and like, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, it doesn't and matter. And he's very it's unclear good. as to whether the hooves are actual things that David has or if it's just, because things, I often say that people have hooves yeah. in real life. They don't, but I still say That's it. the danger of saying things in an improv context. Yeah. Did you mean it literally? Who knows? Who knows? Hoove knows. Hoove knows. How about yourself? Like, uh, I, Yeah, again, I don't really... Like, for example, I really enjoyed one where uh, I ended up being sort of like a grey-skinned, horned sort of troll thing. Yeah. You know, I just thought, oh, yeah, I hadn't or, really thought or, of this. Or the one that, like, Jackalope Parts do- does, where you basically look like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hair all over the place, loud yeah. jacket, big square glasses. Yeah, a lot of fun. Moss, again, uh, asks, is the security department just plain told to ignore the security alerts from Trexel? Well, 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 well. Plot. Mm. So I think I think I'm I'm happy enough to establish at this point that there is a certain amount of Oh, they've come from Chexel's office. Well, let's not spend too much time and resources. Also, show you how the sausage is made. That was a fun idea which got developed into yeah. more than it was intended yeah. to be. So, And the wonderful thing about improv plot is I might make it a big important thing. Yeah. Or I might not. We'll see where it goes. Who knows? You know, we don't know. We don't know. The important thing is we don't know. Yeah. Much like the team behind Lost, and that worked out fine. Oh, good. Uh, Yay. <laughs> hey, look, we, we actually know how our series ends. That's very true. Um, Fatal Drum asks... Why does security never come when alerted? Look, uh, we already told you. Fatal I feel drum. like these questions have been ordered in a way to catch us out. <laughs> that is why Fatal Drum. Uh, Academic Master 07. Uh, if Trexel is only working with the seventh iteration of David uh, of the David clones, has Trexel only been working in planet design for three months now? Or what did he do before having David uh, around to help uh, and then get killed. Um, so, big assumption uh, that uh, clones are just called David. I might have been with Terence's 1 through 109, uh, Gary's 6 through 84. You know. So, fundamentally, this is a problem that we realised and went, hang on a minute, this doesn't match up. Yeah. So, then we came up with the excuse that Maybe there's been Eileen one through three thousand and fifty two. So I very this is this I sort of retcon this and it's now yeah. being built into certain things that the name is basically like the brand. Yeah. You know, the, the chemical The David David mix. line, yeah. Eileen line, exactly. Terence line. It's like they're all they're all part of the same genus. 
but they're slightly different variations on species. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally, we realised that this was a problem, I think, about 15 episodes in. Yeah. And we sort of sat down and went, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, so this is the reason we've come years. up with, again, improv is great because you can just cover your ass whenever you and want again, and shout improv. <laughs> the great thing is that is probably a better workaround ending than I probably would have come up yeah. on my own. Yeah. Which is again the fun thing about it. You end up with uh, it's 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 easier to do, and the ideas are better. Why write anything down in advance, idiot? That's that's a, never plan. That's a that's a call out to all script writers. Yeah, uh, look at you, Johnny. Look at you, yeah. It's clearly not worked for him. Yeah, idiot. Magnus is rubbish. Terrible. It's gonna fail. Raven. Uh, so when is Trexel releasing his new album? Particularly looking forward to Laser Friend. I want to produce a proper album of songs. Don't encourage it him. Is my Goal, but no one is supporting me. <laughs> yeah, well, Bradley Raven is supporting you. I really, 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 really want to do oh. more fleshed out instruments. Oh. <laughs> However, I think everyone who's not me and maybe a few of the fans are looking at that and the work to get out of it ratio is... Albums are hard to record. <laughs> I mean, we've got a composer um, who did the theme tune. Yeah. And you know what? David's a man of many talents. I'm sure he can... Do, do you know why the songs are so short that we get from him? Uh, it's because it's hard and expensive. It's hard and expensive. Now, I so I, I obviously, as I mentioned, I do improvise musicals and a lot of the work we do there is trying to improvise something that actually sounds relatively polished by the time it comes out of your face. Um, but we do that with a very experienced live musician who is not particularly interested in this stage and coming into a hot studio and working for hours and hours and hours to make an improvised song work in a recorded fashion. So I'm working on it, guys, but no one likes me. <laughs> uh, just um, keep shouting at Anil and maybe yeah. it will pop up as something. Come on! <laughs> Oh dear! Like we we do a lot of rehearsals where we get to the end of it, and I heavily lobby for us to sit down and properly like flesh out a song. And, and but no, no one, no one's interested apart from me and <laughs> Raven. Bitter cape for Tim. So this is a question for Tim. Hi Tim. Um, what is Trexel's relationship <laughs> with the fish? And is it the same fish each episode? What does it smell like? Um, in answer to the first question, I'll tell you when you're older. Um, <laughs> the second part, it is the same fish. Um, uh, weirdly for Trexel's personality, he is very traditional and monogamous. Uh, he doesn't care for poly uh, fish relationships. Uh, he's a real fundamentalist about this, apparently. Going to the end of this sentence, he's like... By the way, we are, we are recording this on Brighton Pride Day oh, as yeah, well. Oh we're so. yeah, very, we're very inclusive. Why do you think we've sequestered ourselves away in a hot studio? Because we hate Brian. <laughs> no, this isn't going there's, in. There's too many people. There's too many yeah. people, and I hate it. No, I, I, I've been. I've marched in the Pride Parade with uh, a charity. I felt like a bit of a fraud because I am. Uh, I am basically Not as, any as, of those things. Sis on het as it gets. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's fine. Um, but uh, we marched uh, as part of a suicide prevention charity, and I really like the Pride Parade. If I'm in the parade, and therefore it's regulated how many people are around me <laughs> in the crowd, I am always an inch and a half away from screaming and hitting someone because it's so busy, yeah, and so too uh, many people, trappy. many social anxiety, yeah. and also fundamentally, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. I'm we str- have every other day. I'm a straight guy. I can yeah. uh, it's fine. So yeah. So uh, in short, it smells bad. Not pride. <laughs> the, the fish. Pride, the fish. <laughs> well, you know what? In Brighton on Actually, a hot no, day, yeah, it no, does smell Pride bad. is going to smell pretty bad. Because <laughs> there's beer and piss everywhere. And sweat. And sweat. Just people are going to be very sweaty. And do you know what? Sweat contains a lot, of, a lot of uric acid, Ben. So, Okay, sweat doesn't smell like piss, though. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. It smells like piss. It's got uric My acid armpits do not smell like urine. David, get rid of it, all, all of it. <laughs> a small town AI asks to dig us out of this horrible hole we've dug ourselves into. <laughs> the things we do for all of you. Uh, do the ID numbers have any significance? Uh, does it mean anything that Trexel's ID number is two numbers shorter than Hartrow's and David's? Are they? The, this, this will be in the show notes. Yeah, let's quickly navigate to the show notes oh, uh, live. Because I, I feel like I've done something about this. Clever. Okay, fundamentally, it sounds like Tim made a mistake and now we're going to come hey. up with a reason why this is fine. Let's have a quick look. Improv! Improv! Improv. Improv dives out of a window. So, yes, there is there is, there is uh, absolutely um, uh, a reason for this that I thought about when I wrote these things down. So let's quickly navigate to... Um, a Hartra episode, episode. A Hartra episode. So... So we've got um, go. Hartrow is sort of like, was it 6327748 Trexel is 3628848, and David. So basically, um, my conception of it is the IDs are sort of, to a certain extent, first come, first serve, 
and also linked to the sort of um, uh, hierarchical, what would the word be, like lineage-based So what system. you're fundamentally saying is that the Geisman family were the 360, 362nd, 1,884th family to be part of, or like bloodline or gene. Around that, or yeah. like there's a certain amount of handing down of numbers, you know, like a sports jersey. Right, and then if you mix lineage, you're given a new number. So it's not it's not completely, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. There is a certain amount of, of, of hierarchical... You know, the shorter your number, the more old and respected your family is. Mm-hmm. So, a Hartro has a higher number, but it's much lower than David's because David is at that end of things where it's like it's just the next one in the line. You know, yeah. there is just that's just so. You know, at the moment of his birth, his number might well actually be the highest there is because mm. he is the lowest of the low. Oh, interesting. So um, that means there has, uh, as of you know, a couple of weeks ago in the uh, show's timeline, nine million five hundred and eighty-four. No, 95 million. Oh, 95 million, 847,335 people. No, lineages, which lineages. work for Stella Firma Limited. Exactly. So sometimes there's individual lot. people that just have the number once. Other times it's a reused number because it's like a a, a respected range yeah, um, yeah. of numbers. So that's, you know what, that's probably more complicated than it needed to be. But I do think about these things probably more than I need to. In Little in suggestion for next time. Mm-hmm. Clone should have dash their number. Oh, like a little, uh, yeah. like a little, like a little seal. versioning yeah. thing. Mm, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Digipup. Does David actually have hooves? Who, Who knows? Can save? If he ha- if he has hooves for you, yeah, he's just a hoofy, hoofy boy. Yeah. If there's some nice, nice toesies, if you believe in toes, yeah, toes away. How many? <laughs> Fifteen toes? Three toes? Maybe you're a two-toed ungulate. Yes, could be. That's basically hooves. That's just flesh hooves. Hey, make hey, a decision, Ben. After what we said earlier, let's not get very demonstrative and, and specific about what we believe does and does not constitute a hoof. Cass and Jared. Um, is all the food made out of slurry? Uh, what are the drinks at the Cosmic Lounge made out of? Or how are clones made? Uh, slurry, slurry uh, and slurry. So I think there is a certain amount of... Um, there's a big tank of genetic material that is changed into different things which to be honest is probably not too far away from how things will go uh, in the future you'll have a medium and then you'll do certain things to it and flavor it it's it's a it's a classic sci-fi trip i think that's how the star trek stuff works yeah you know it's well to a certain extent that's how everything works in that everything is made of atoms and then you do different arrangements of it oh yeah sure everything's just atoms oh yeah get him over here Get him over here with his science saying yeah. things are made of atoms, like some sort of PhD point dexter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so basically, and, and basically the care and attention and quality of the slurry is sort of different. So the slurry that the clones get is this sort of, you know, edible but vinegary hot mess. Uh, tastes like hot socks, tastes I think. Tastes like yeah. hot socks. Um, and then the ones that consultants get is better and line managers is better. And, you know, the drinks at the Cosmic Lounge, probably the more expensive they are, the, the better they are. But yeah, it's all made out of a medium, which is yep. slurry. As are the clones. As are the clones. Uh, so at certain points, you're probably drinking reconstituted clone. Oh, also, absolutely. Little, Basically, yeah. imagine the grimmest possible um, yeah. outcome. Yeah. And yes, that. Yeah, that one. Mars, whose idea was the foot thing? Why are the review episodes so kinky? Jennifer Halfeck. Kinky Halfeck. Kinky Halfeck. <laughs> oh, Kinky Halfeck. <laughs> Halfeck the Kinkmeister. Yeah. So yes, sure. Did we run with it? Okay. Is she responsible ultimately? Yes, she is. <laughs> Letters to her. And a, a follow-up question from Mars. Um, has Trexel been the only design to have clones from the David line, or is there another design consultant out there making planets with David 2 or something? Um, so I think given the speed that he's got through them, potentially he does get through big chunks of a line before anyone else needs a new one, but that's not canon. That's, yeah. you know, maybe... As, as yet to be decided, basically. A Y T B C. Did I get that right? You did? Yeah. I just got confused. <laughs> yeah. AYTBC. AYTBC. The old well-known acronym. Adjutab... <laughs> uh, Miss Claptrap asks, based on the finale, is Stella Firma Limited actually financially sound? Well, well, well. And final question, E4N-E, Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this episode of the uh, season. It's not an episode. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Cardinal Fang. Ben. 
Then we have to finish now. It's very hot. We've been going for quite a while. Continue without me. I'm I'm fine over here. Okay. And so I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this season one Q and A of of Stellaphone with Tim Ben. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, so hopefully we'll be doing more of these in the future. Uh, hopefully one at the end of season two. But who knows? There might be some Patreon exclusive Q and As as well. Uh, so it's a, a, a big thank you from Tim Meredith and a small thank you from Ben Meredith. Really, I don't appreciate this much. He doesn't like you all. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.